So we did Mario on a not that was two weeks ago, I, mm. I think. So yeah, that was the last one. Cool. So this is uh you ain't heard of us season two, episode eight. Um yeah, big up, big up Castellini Beats. That was dope. First Seattle guest, you know, definitely plan to have more. Uh it's your boy Seabass, aka Dosage. Um, here with Reggie Kobe, aka yeah, Mr. Kobe, <laughs> choking off his dual fucking <laughs> double barrel motherfucking. Yeah, used to man. call him uh, bang sticks. That's what we called them when they first came out. And I think before that they were called trippy sticks. Well, these motherfuckers work. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I got some fucking uh some local, you know, saying talking trees, Humboldt County, pre-roll. Gotta mm. get some quick. Um, yeah, I got some good ass weed out there. <laughs> no doubt. Um, yo, so I just actually got done downloading um Ruler Y fucking released a couple sample packs. It's like a big fat ass pack of breaks, just straight hip break loops. Um, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. and you know his style, like banging, grimy, kind of lo-fi on some of them, but like just all kinds of. I knew it was gonna be fire as soon as he said he was gonna do it. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna have to go grab that. Yeah, and then he's got like a whole mad fucking fat pack of one shots too, like all kinds mm-hmm. of one shots. I think it's like 15 <laughs> for the one shots, 20 for the breaks. It's really not bad. Like as bad as much as fuck it. It's less than I would honestly feel like. I should be paying them for it. <laughs> right, right, right. It takes a lot of work to put them together, too. Yeah, for real. So, shouts to Ruler Y. Go check that out. I think it's like rulerywrecordings.com. Um, hit the store up. We're about to be dropping fall shit. I'm actually a little bit behind it. So, I should be getting the beanies and hoodies going. Uh, you ain't heard of us.store. Um, I'd say I'll probably get them out next week, probably. Yeah. Um, and then our sponsor, topofthegalaxy.com. For all your herbal, vaping, smoking needs, uh, depending on what state you're in, there's discount for medicinal patients, and they plant a tree with every purchase made. Uh, Topofthegalaxy.com is ran out of Austin, Texas, so go support. Um, use our discount code, all caps, Yahoo, Y-A-H-O-U, gets you 20% off your cart. So, yeah. Um, you got anything, Reggie? No, man, we good. Let's get into it. All right, for sure. Oh, fucking hey, yeah, our guest. <laughs> uh, we got a couple of ATX legends in the house tonight. Um, young Ben Buck, um, Ben Buck Beatbox, a.k.a. Uh, ben Buck Door Guy, now fucking rapper. Um, and then Boom Baptist is a fucking uh, Boom Bat fucking bass music underground legend in, in, in Austin. But uh, I think... Um, known for his production more so than that um so yeah mm-hmm. a couple of a couple of heads we're gonna get into it they have a new release out together and we'll uh, let them talk about that 
Yes, sir. Yo. Oh, what up? Shit. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah. Uh, what up, boy? <laughs> What's up, bro? Good. What's good? How you doing? Good, man. There we go. There we go. How y'all doing? Appreciate you waiting around a little bit. Sorry about that. Yeah, boom, Baptist. Um, we did a soft introduction but you know what i'm saying we got a bim buck and boom baptist a couple of atx legends in the place tonight you know what i'm saying um i can hear you ben do we have audio there it is all right cool there you go there we go word 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 so uh reggie you want to tell them what the podcast is about real quick well, I mean, the podcast is called You Ain't Heard of Us. And basically, we like to get like what they call the third side of the story. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of times, you know, people, you know, they only want to tell you the pretty parts. So they don't want to give you the real and, you know, what you had to go through to get where you are and where you plan on going. So we like to highlight that on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Word up. Yeah. So um, I know we're on a little time uh little schedule here so we're gonna try to make it sweet and to the point but we like to start out with the um origin stories kind of like how you came up how music became a part of your lives i know we could write a fucking book about that with both of y'all so we'll try and keep it short and to the point but um yeah whichever one of y'all wants to go first man i rock paper scissors man yeah paper scissors shoot Paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Yo, I'm playing this shit out. <laughs> I'll go first. That's first. <laughs> this ain't gonna work. What was the question again? Hello, origin story, right? Yeah, right. man. I'd like to know just kind of how music became a part of your life and, um, you know, how it got you where you are today. But uh, I think we can kind of go up to how you guys linked. So, you know, just kind of how you got into what you do. For sure. Well, if we're going way back, you know, music has always been a constant in my life. Um, my dad's been a gigging performer since, you know, about the seventies. So, you know. What's uh, your dad's name? Mike Buck. Buck, right. Kind of a local legend himself, right? Yeah, right. he played with um, Texas Tornadoes, Fabulous Thunderbirds. And just a gang of other bands as well. But um, yeah, starting out, he would just take me to different residencies that he'd have around town, you know, places like Gueros, Jovitas, and, you know, just different honky tonks around town. And, um, you know, I got to see behind the scenes, bands loading in, setting up drums, you know, not being able to leave because my dad's the drive home. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. You're born, you're born and raised in Austin. I yeah. yeah, man. Cool, cool. Yeah, we had a similar upbringing, you know what I'm saying? I grew up in the venues and shit, too. Definitely. And on top of that, you know, my dad has owned Anton's record shop since uh, early 2000s, you know. Okay. Mm -hmm. Long-standing yeah, employee there since about 1987, 88. And, um, you know, just constantly being surrounded by older mediums of music and just kind of music off the beaten path, you know, I really thought I got a unique experience and a unique perspective for what music really clicked for me, you know? So, yeah, I'd imagine. 
sure. between the the gigs and the record store. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was telling people I didn't really like pick it. I was kind of just born into the life. You know, do you kind of feel the same way, baby? Yeah, definitely. Just, you know, there was no other option. That's <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, Reggie, we we've talked about you on the pod before. Just um I think he was mentioning how he would help get you in the shows, you know, in the early days and shit. Um it wouldn't let him in. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I needed someone to vouch for me. So I'd pop up the at the show not knowing if I get in or not. And, you know, I just do the puppy dog eyes, look at like Reggie or uh Captain Kirk from Subculture Patriots, like yeah, hey, man, you know, 15-year-old me, like Hey man, let me in Flamingo Cantina. I'm not gonna drink the red stripe. I just back <laughs> and maybe beatbox for y'all. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the first times I saw you was, I mean, I don't know what year. It was a few years ago, but um maybe at a you know, at a SKP show or some shit like that. But for some reason or another, you had been brought on stage to beatbox, and that was like the first time I saw you. Um, as a beatboxer, you know what I'm saying. You weren't you weren't rapping that night. Maybe you were you were rapping, but at least that night in particular, I was just like, "Holy shit, who's this young dude who just hopped up there and like, admittedly, very good beatboxing." You know what I mean? Right, for real. Yeah. Like motherfuckers would get on the stage and not beatbox good. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know those early subculture patriot shows. You know, league especially too. You know. Yeah. You know, I really thank Captain Kurt from SKP for taking me out places. You know, I met him through the uh, Spider House Ballroom, Austin Mike Exchange. And, you know, he kind of saw a shine in me and would invite me to a smokeout events monthly at Flamingo. And that, you know, introduced me to the whole Austin underground. So. And so what was the draw from, from hip hop for you then, particularly, especially in Austin, you know? It's always interesting to find out what people's hip hop influences were in Austin. Oh, for sure. Uh, are you saying like acts I really liked around town or just? Uh... No, I mean, locally or just in general. Like, why were you trying to make it out to the hip hop shows, you know, and shit, like, particularly? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Before I was even like involved inside the hip hop scene, like, my first rap show I ever went to was Wu Tang Clan when I was maybe 12 or 13. Where at? Uh, that was at the old emos up of Fifth Street. Yeah, Sixth Street or wherever. That's yeah. crazy. Welcome. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember exactly who opened, but I think it was MC Overlord too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, my dad is like a really big, you know, rhythm and blues like connoisseur. So, you know, whenever I play hip hop around the house, he could usually like pick out where the sample would come through. Okay, that's interesting. I play like uh, Sure Shot by Beastie Boys, and they have like a little flute lick. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, Muddy Waters, and that exact record is Howlin' for Judy, and this and that. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. hey, let me catch up a bit, man. Just, just you know? sample snitching. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, owning the record store as, much, as well as being a musician, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Um, boom. Man, um, I don't know. I, I feel like we met in person maybe in Barcelona a while ago, but it, it's been some time, man. Um, oh, <laughs> if it was Barcelona, to the, there were probably too many whiskeys to remember. Yeah, that part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, 
to see you digitally, bro. That's how how we've been doing things for the last couple of years. So it's, it's totally normal now. Right. Um, we uh we talked a little bit about your Boom Shakalaka release uh, in last season when we had Noah on. Um, oh, yeah. I noticed that you had been staying pretty fucking busy. Like I was like, man, let me go check on check on what he's been doing, and I was multiple releases that I hadn't checked out yet. Yeah, man. Um, it yeah, the way Boom Shakalaka happened was via uh, Ben Webster Butcher Bear from Insect Records. He had been encouraging me to release shit for so long, and uh, he lit a fire under me, and that's the only reason I released it. Otherwise, I would probably still be staring yeah. staring at a hundred beats, saying this will never happen. So. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, well, yeah, we mentioned Barcelona. Obviously, there's the bass music connection. We have talked about Barcelona plenty on the show. Um, and I mean, applied pressure was kind of uh, very prominent in that scene, especially. Um, but take us back before that. Um, are you from Austin? When did you start making music? I'm, I'm not. I'm uh, born in Venezuela and okay. then grew up in Miami Beach. Um, so my music experience is very different. And yeah, cool. my father was Texan. He was from San Antonio. And okay. my mom, who's Venezuelan. And uh, so I have a little Texas flavor, but it's not it's not native to me. When I moved here in 2009, like it took, I was telling Yadira today, who Reggie knows, um, Yadira, I was talking about like all the Texas slang that it took me forever to like, <laughs> I'd be like, these, like already what? Already, what, what, already, already what? What are you saying? <laughs> already, <laughs> what do you bet with me? You know what I mean? I'm like, to bet. You know, and, and like, <laughs> I didn't come up on UGK and I didn't come up on Texas rap, which is like now I love it dearly. But like for me, it was like Uncle Luke, too mm-hmm. and that was that was like childhood, and then discovering hip hop was you know just like Ben, Wu-Tang, like I was 11 at the Sam Goody store waiting for the double disc, the Wu-Tang Forever album. Wu-Tang Forever, yep. And it didn't make any sense because I was a little skinny, freckled white kid, but I loved the joints. And I would study RZA like religiously and then RZA led to Premier and then Premier led to, you know, every, you know, Pete Rock. Like I have a deep appreciation for the East Coast producers that that like paved the way, uh, yeah. you know, being in Miami, you wouldn't be exposed to UGK. You wouldn't be exposed to like Pac or fucking any of what was happening on the West Coast. It was very regional and living in the 90s, you know, even more like people chose their regions and it was like you identified with that. So like right. e- the East Coast, West Coast, it was like super real. So like we would of the any of the like stuff coming out of you know uh death row or any of that like it was all like bad boy and and all that shit so so yeah that's what I'm up like idolizing you know and and i never had the ability to pick apart lyrics from the beats like i was never listening to mcs you know like i loved mcs and i thought they were ill as hell but like to me it was like i was studying the chops and how people were reinterpreting shit and you know, the shit that Ben said is like when you reconnect with like an older generation because you flip the record and mm-hmm. it's like I'm reliving this shit with Ben, you know, the collaboration. I know we're going to get there, but like all the shit Ben's doing now 
like when I was his age, I was in ciphers. Like I was beatboxing in ciphers when I was fucking 22 years old. I was living in Colorado and like, it was like, I'm a different person than I was then. But like, it, you know, when I talk with my man, Avi, who's like been in the hip hop world this whole time since I've been in Austin, Reggie knows him. Avi. Uh, He's a different person. The Source Rex is like, don't talk shit to me, man. Like, I will kill you, bro. Like, <laughs> on some rap shit, like, I'll, I'll destroy you. <laughs> and that's, that's like, that is just some rapper shit. Being a rapper has always been about bravado and like a level of delusion because you believe you're the best. Right. No doubt. I, my man, and like, he does this, he does this shit talking for me now. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. You know, this hip hop shit has been such a such a part of my upbringing, man. Like, I played jazz before. I played salsa. I played. You know, my mom was a concert pianist, so she's obviously been around music and um, studied music in college. And like, you know, it it turned out exactly how I planned it to be. You know, I was shopping beats to rappers um, coming out of college. And and when was that? How long was that? An eight. 2008, I was starting right for the move, but I wasn't Boom Baptist yet. I was just like sending beat packs out. Okay. And Bumpy Knuckles from Gangstar, he was said, "Yo, man, like these joints, like they're fine without a rapper on them." And I was like, "Oh, yeah. that, that's kind of a crazy thing to think about." And that's when Boom Baptist, you know, then I started releasing the instrumental. Shit. Wow, no shit. Yeah. That's totally not what I expected to hear because I assumed that the electronic influence came first. Hell no. Yeah. I've been, I, was, I was sampling and putting shit on floppy disks forever. And then so, and then Dub Academy, who which Ben knows about very well, he was a, a student there. He reminded me on stage while we were playing the other night. He told me the story of us meeting at Dub Academy, which I totally forgot, bro. Yeah. Shit. Okay. <laughs> Dub Academy put Ableton in my hands and like they taught me. Wow. But as far as I'm concerned, the way I was making music, you chop the sample and then you find a, bass, a, a isolated bass note. You spread that across 16 pads on a sampler. You play the bass line back on your sampler. Like all this shit about VSTs and piano rolls and all that, like that made no sense to me until I went to school for it. And, wow. and yeah, applied pressure and, and all of the like alternative electronic hip hop influence shit, like that was totally secondary, you know? And, Exploded Drawing was really my introduction into that world in Austin. And I played the first one. That's where I met Nick DJ Nicknack, who's like a dear friend of mine now, who obviously Reggie knows close. Oh, me. I, lo I love Nick, man. Yeah, one of the best dudes ever. I, I, yeah. The stories I have don't belong. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, I, I didn't know that you could exist as just an instrumental hip-hop artist. That was... Forever, I would do 16 bars, eight bars. 16 bars, eight bars. Why? Because they're going to do three verses in two chords. So when when I figured out I could just stunt on this shit and not have to fucking do uh, spit bars, I was like, man, I could get used to this. So it's been I think even back then, though, it was still not a conventional thought, really. I mean, there were a few people just making instrumental hip-hop, but... Um, you know, it, it, like in 2009, it was still kind of, kind of different for someone to do that. I know there was like um, low end theory and, and shit. You know, um, some little scenes for it, but I mean, I think you were still kind of on the cusp of it at, at that time. 
a lot of you know shadow shadow was before everybody true, true. yeah 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 no doubt um so one uh quick question i want to touch on with your story is um what led you to move to austin though from miami or were you in colorado first i'm sorry i got a little confused no, and then i got to colorado for school and my homie who i grew up making rap records with in new mexico years before uh, he said, yo, the scene in Austin for live is really good. And I don't know what's going on with the hip hop scene, but I know it's, it's, you know, live music. So let's like just on a on a flyer, let's go out there and see what's up. And so I came out here and met DJ Notion. Yeah, shouts to Russell, man. Russell, man, really early in the game. I met Russell. He put me on this event called Beat Marauders. Yeah, yep. I, I don't know mm. how for because I didn't feel like there were a whole lot of them but Beat Marauders I met all these SK and and Seymour and Lo-Fi a bunch of dudes Reggie yeah yeah with a PA yeah exactly I don't know where he is now and um yeah you know I don't either man so he's (laughs) out there and so you know he Russell took me under I was rapping at the time he was putting me on all sorts of rap shows and um, the community was dope, and and then I got, I got uh, into a different style for a little while there, and that's when we partied uh, with all the Jamesons. It was just I feel the pain in my head from <laughs> for this lasted a decade from hanging out in Barcelona. Yeah, um, so I just just tried out Austin and loved it, and um, a bunch of projects came from from living here. So I I mean I love Texas, man. Like I'm not going anywhere. I love this shit. Yeah, that's cool cool yeah man cool story that's a hell of a timeline and um appreciate you sharing that with us man um so ben buck man uh i know y'all got a new project out together it's called the marquee i've been rinsing it today um <laughs> nice oh, you got it on you got the hard copy copy tapes a hard copy right in front of us uh, the boy oh, still got some tape. Look, what great craftsmanship, you know. Uh, Ooh, the half, uh, half. Yeah, half tone. Uh, that's nice. <laughs> we uh, we tell we were talking about those tapes at one point. I know I saw you did one for Greaves, didn't you? You reposted yeah, that. Yeah. And um, did you do one for? Did Ruler do a beat tape? Yeah, Ruler, I think Ruler was maybe the within the first ten tapes I ever did. So. Mm. And yeah, big man. shout out to Ruler, like, that's just one of my really early drunken hip-hop influences, you know? Drunken? No. Never. Never. He's always in good spirits and completely sober. Yes. Naturally. <laughs> uh, Ruler was one of our first, like, producer guests on the podcast uh, last season, I think. So, yep. Really good talk, if anyone wants to go back and listen to that. Um, talk about SKP origins and shit like that, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I wanted before we talk about the marquee, just kind of your your development, man. So were, were you always rapping? Because you were kind of doing beatboxing. I think you released some beat tapes. Is this your first full like vocal release? Uh, this is actually my third. Okay. Yeah. Um. So origins, I definitely didn't really start rapping for people until like a lot later along the process, you know? Mm-hmm. I've been beatboxing since about 12 or 13. I think I got good by the time I was 15. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, 
I don't think I was even really good at rapping until I was about 18 or 19. Okay. You know, personally. But, um, yeah, definitely have the Beatbox Foundations. Started producing along the way. And I started making beats for myself to rap on. Mm-hmm. That's usually the story. That's, that's how it starts. Yeah. So I collect, you know, NPCs like 2000XL, NPC uh, 1000, loop pedals, stuff like that. I was a gearhead too to start off with. Yeah, went with the hardware. I mean, you're, you, you're a little bit younger, so there's plenty of like software available, you know, when you start making beats, I assume. <laughs> yeah, I, I was all hardware though, starting out. Analog. Off. Yeah, um, cool, cool. All analog. And that goes hand in hand with a. Uh, Working at Rock and Roll Rentals is my first sh- first job when I was about oh, seventeen. Yeah, so I was spoiled with gear from an early age, just being able to like, you know, I don't know, check all the microphones as they came in, check all the cables, like learn all this equipment and CBJs. Definitely all about the hardware. Mm-hmm. What were we talking about? <laughs> I financed my fucking first pair of monitors from uh from Rock and Roll Rentals, man, and I was so fucking broke. I paid those bitches off for like four years, but there's no other way I would have been able to ever buy monitors if I wasn't able to do that for them. It's the best year. Far. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't just go get a credit card or like open a Klarna or whatever the finance the shit on my phone back then, you know? Like they they worked with me because I went and rented like speakers from them for events for so long they're like yeah. i knew i wasn't gonna fuck them you know <laughs> that's so dope man yeah they used yeah. to rent like 404s there and like drum machines and shit too like yeah that was super cool it's very specific yeah. era for them yeah yeah shouts to rock and roll rentals man no, we, were, we were uh basically you were saying you started making beats to rap on them but we were trying to just get to when you started rapping you know Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Actually recording yourself and being a rapper, I guess, self-realization yeah. wise. So I used to have a crew in high school and coincidentally, somehow we found like an ad for, believe it or not, Ruler Wise Studio, you know? No shit. No. Yeah. So I don't know exactly how, but at 15 or 16, we got plugged in with Ruler Y. You know, I wasn't really rapping at the time, but I was just, you know in the studio with my friends recording bullshit raps, looking over Ruler's shoulder, kind of watching him engineer, mm. driving him to the corner store to get like 40 ounces and tacos from Taco Max. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, him and BMC really gave me a crash course on just that yeah. style of hip hop. And then cats like um, Jamari Quality, MDK, J-Jax, SKP would all be popping in. Mm-hmm. the studio at the same time around 2011 or 12 maybe 13 okay yeah you know right around that second subculture patriots album mm-hmm. and um it was crazy because i had a skp cd from when they opened for Wu-Tang at emo's east a couple of years and on the back lo and behold it had ruler wise emblem which i recognized I'm like oh you were you were on that cd i've had since i was 14 you know right so it's Man, <clears throat> but yeah started writing stuff in middle school really like dog shit garbage till i was about you know 17 or 18 okay 
you know, it's good to admit that you're terrible for years. I mean, we all <laughs> are not very good when we start out, bro. It's you know, I mean, it's that that awkward growing period where you finding yourself, you know. Yeah, yeah, you ain't nothing wrong with. Find, you can find old demos, but don't dig too deep. All I'm saying it's on Dat Piff. <laughs> ah, damn, that piff. I ain't heard that in a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool, man. So, what was what was your first uh, your first official like hip hop as a as a rapper release? Yeah, my first official release was um the album Kilroy. Kilroy, and um recorded all of that at the end of 2018. You know, okay. it took about a year or two to the kind of shape it together and actually come out but and did um, you produce the whole thing um this one was actually you know different beats from cats around town ruler okay. y had a couple beats on there uh this cat flobama you know it's more of a mixtape if anything you know yeah my biggest idea was just you know try to curate all the cool rappers that i'd like met over the years and get them into the booth onto this one project yeah, that's how most of the time it's going to be. It's hard to have a concept album for your first release, you know. <laughs> it's usually kind of a mixtape. You know, I've got a couple joints. I'm still, you know, happy with it, but I've got yeah. Where'd you go from there? Um, the next full-length rap album was uh, dropped October of last year. That's uh, Speaker Bump Deluxe. Okay, yeah, I jammed that one. Yeah, so yeah. that one I did produce all the beats on. But still, just, you know, not many solo joints on that. Lots of features of just, you know, cats that I thought were ill at the time and, like, really wanted to showcase as well. Right. So with Marquee, I really didn't want any features on it. And I want it to be, like, a focused, you know, what you're hearing is me and Boom Baptist, you know. Cool, no cool. voice on that. So, yeah, let's – uh talk about that man how did uh marquee happen was it something you were planning in your head or you know boom how that happened bro <laughs> <laughs> uh ben <I'm> persistent <laughs> yeah i mean you're persistent you're you're a dream bro ben is like i always tell people ben is like an old head in the young man's body like so he has a respect for the game and for the elders in the game that I don't think I had at his age. No doubt. I've stepped on a lot of people's toes in Austin where I was like, oh, right. Like you fucking paved the way for Austin hip hop or you paved the way for like this electronic shit. Like, and mm -hmm. he has a real respect for it. And like, I would, I would never work with anybody uh, who, who didn't have that quality because I think that's important to have integrity going into a record. So uh, I haven't told him that to his face, but this is a good time to tell him that. Um, oh, shucks. <laughs> ben, ben and I uh, made some cassettes together for the comfort food release and we made a whole fucking bunch of them there it is right there um, yeah. he made those for me and we made them in multiple colors and they sold like fucking hotcakes and so that was our first like non non collab collab um, and then from there we just started going through the archives and seeing you know I, I gave him the old joints to see yep. <laughs> to him and he fucking smashed him um you know he came over when we were prepping for the release party and he was like you know i'm i'm gonna try some choruses on these joints he's like i don't usually do choruses 
like I just do I just fucking run bars you know like just do the lyrical gymnastics on the shit he was like I'm gonna try some courses I was like Doug you are learning how to be a songwriter mm-hmm. like like you're making better records by learning how to do how to write a course because at the end of the day that's what people remember even in hip-hop People remember courses, even in something that's like so lyrical. So, yeah, man, that's how that's how the the marquee record came to be. And uh, we're gonna do a second one. I already know we're gonna do a second one. Nice with new right. beats. With the new beats. <laughs> new beats. <laughs> oh man, I mean, it's hard to tell any age on your on your work. It's it's. I feel like timeless. You know, it's, it's so different. You know, you can't really pigeonhole it, so it's hard to tell how old something is. It doesn't sound like anything else. You know? Yeah, applies to all. Right. You don't, you don't want. To, wait till you hear my new shit. But like, we're all our own worst critic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure Ben's verses in fucking 2018 were fucking perfectly fine. It's just that we cut ourselves down over and over and over. But like, there's never a perfect time to release your shit. You should just release your shit instead of like fucking around all the time. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the philosophy right there, man. Yeah. Like, it's so easy to just sit on mountains and mountains of work. And, you know, if it's not out there, you're the only one that's ever going to hear it, man. Right. The ego is a, is a terrible thing sometimes. And I think that like artists, producers, vocalists all suffer with the same shit. You know, like self-doubt is very real. And I think like, that's part of the second side of the third part of the story that like, bro, I had nine years without a release until like I started collaborating with, with Yadira for, for Keeper and the Vapor Cave. Mm-hmm. Ignited my shit, but like it, when you're a solo artist, you're only looking at your reflection. You know what I mean? You're like, mm-hmm. good enough. But when you start collaborating and getting people in or working with the label where the label's like, hey, you need to fucking complete these tasks by this date. Because we are either financially depending on you or we believe in you so much that like you have to get this shit out. And like, you know, I've taken the turn recently of doing some label work and releasing other people's stuff. And like what what Butcher Bear was able to do for me to like invigorate me to release shit again, like I'll never be able to repay him for that because it's such a wonderful thing to be able to enable somebody else to to put their shit out and feel like they could express themselves so so for me that's like what the label shit is worth like when you're able to see a, a project from beginning to finish a full concept a concept record like we're talking about before like that the ex- executing that and the marketing is like artful to me it's a whole other side of the shit that is still like creative to me you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i like how how i've been looking at making records lately also you know like trying to create a theme through the shit that that you could follow either on a surface level or get deep and, and be, you know, real modular about it. Yeah, for sure. No, I appreciate that a lot, man. The um, the idea of the label helping you to, to create a whole project, but also collaboration. Just yeah, having yeah. another person to be like, this is dope, actually. Because you could think something's just not fucking done, not worth it, send it to the right person. And they're like, move a couple things around. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you know, fire right swap the snare whatever you know but um collaboration helps working with someone to motivate you helps a lot yeah i do like what you said uh boom about you know like those 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 moments of, of self-doubt you know what i'm saying or uh you know just being stale or you know 
not moving and, and being able to move through that, you know, to, to bring something to fruition. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very real struggle, especially creatively. You know, you, you don't, a lot of the time you don't answer to anybody else, but yourself. And like, that could be your, your curse and your blessing. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a real struggle. And I'm glad we're able to push through it every once in a while. Yeah. 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 Definitely. 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 So you say we're getting another project from y'all together, another uh, another group project, huh? Oh, yeah. As long as it has Reggie Kobe on it, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not far away. I'll be around, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they hit me, shit. Hey, if, 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 if there's going to be a feature, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I thought it was interesting how you said, you know, Ben Buck, you don't like doing, there's a lot of people who say that they don't do uh, hooks, you know, just bars, bars, bars. Um, I think even just like one dope bar, you say it a couple times, can be the yeah. hook for the song, but you definitely have some hooks on the on the marquee. Uh, is it the, uh, what's the fucking Willy Wonka joint, the Gene Wilder? Yeah, yeah, Gene Wilder, <laughs> man. It's, it's, yeah. it's a concept, but... <laughs> I don't care. I think it worked. <laughs> it's silly. It's silly, but I, I like that one, man. That, that one, uh, I think I think the choke's probably my favorite tune. That or classics. Classics is dope. Yeah. Yeah. I think you yeah. just did you say KTX played that or who someone played classics for y'all? Oh yeah. Um hip hop parade 91.7. Yeah, 91.7. Yeah. Dope, dope. Miss Manners. Miss Manners, for sure. Yeah. She's been yeah. an asset. Definitely. Oh, how'd the uh, release party go? It went great, man. You know, or was it myself? It was at Spider House Ballroom. Cool, cool. Or just the ballroom now. They're trying to rebrand. Mm-hmm. Are they yeah. dropping the Spider House? I guess so. Wow. <laughs> well, damn. All the arachnophobes. That's why. Yeah. That's gonna do it. That's the trick. <laughs> that's how they're gonna pay the rent. Yeah, that'll <laughs> that's, get them. that's what's gonna do it. These yokies are too soft. Scared of spiders, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh we obviously y'all were gonna do something uh together again but y'all get what's next on each of y'all's individual plates anything coming soon that you got i got um a bunch of cream dream vinyl releases that's the label is cream dream records so go that if you're watching this and then i'm releasing a collaborative i haven't announced it yet but this is a good time a collaborative seven inch with the homie la kim um collection producer and it's it's called i'm rick james bitch (laughs) b side he did the a side he flipped uh super freak into like a crazy joint that um just blaze has been playing out and jazzy jeff has been playing out okay and then i did a mary jane flip on the b side it's called jerry main you just swapped the letters (laughs) jerry main (laughs) Jerry, Jerry Mike. That's the Texas influence, I guess. And so, yeah. so yeah, man, that's that's coming in November for Record Store Day, which is the 26th. And uh yeah, man, gonna keep pushing with these records. It's been good to me recently. So consistency for from you is ever since you got the push, you're just gonna keep them coming. Is the idea, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's that's a it's golden cage. That's what I call it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, and uh, Reggie, you want to do the don't sleep section real quick? We got a couple minutes, I think. Um, ask me about my music, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit, shit, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you got coming, Ben? 
Well, I'm, shit. Hey, I'm just looking at the clock. The big <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, uh, I just dropped the first project with my group Oxcutter in July. So mm-hmm. we're working on the second record, kind of getting the inklings of that. Um, Who's the shooting. producer on that, Ben? Uh, that's actually uh, Kevin Knockin from Urban Heat and also Night Hecklers. Um, really dope. I really, love- really great producer. He's yeah. going by Shadowboxing for this project. Um, down the line, I have a remix album with um, remixes from Boom Baptist, Eloquent, Flobama, Ruler Y. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's about 14 or 15 tracks of my old songs remixed by different producers. Okay. Yeah. Talking about not liking your old shit and you're fucking remixing your old shit. Oh, I love it. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's dope, cool. though. Yeah. Don't let it fucking get stale. Fucking might as well, right? Yeah. Um, on Thursday, I'm recording a cover of one of my old tracks with a brass band. So that's going to be live. Um, right. Big Wise brass band. I went to elementary school with these kids and we all grew up and now we're in the same scenes and stuff. That's what's up. Um, shit. Yeah, working on a project with that brass band. Um, I have a bunch of Lucy joints that I'm trying to put together for a project months down the line, calling it Backburner for the next You know. Um, shit, big things, big things, big things. <laughs> Man, most definitely for, for both of y'all. Well, cool. The, we, um, we usually just wrap it with the don't sleep section. We talk about all y'all's dope music. And then we ask you what you're listening to. Like when you go get in your car, like what's on Apple music or Spotify, you know, that's not, or is it, are you just listening to your own shit? Sometimes we get that answer. Right. I'm, a, I'm pulling up Spotify so I don't say my own shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm bumping all kinds of ill shit, you know. <laughs> nah, this boy got a tape collection in his car, man. Yeah, right. In this food truck, he got like a literal, like boxed of tapes, like like your moms used to have. Not, <laughs> Not bullshit, bro. You know, your boy got a little good. tape collection on the wall. You know what I'm saying. See, see. These are all the projects that I've knocked out. You know, nah, starting. 2020, these are all runs. These represent, you know, 25, 50, or 100 tapes. Wow. Oh, shit. Goddamn. So, yeah, since 2020, I've done, you know, thousands of tapes, you know, thousands of handmade tapes. That's ill as fuck. I've definitely been keeping that in mind for, for, for a one-off or something. This is that new Greaves one you're talking about. Dope. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I've been bumping lots of, like, Griselda, Rome Streets, um, lots of like Doug Psalm too, like Texas Tornadoes, lots of like Texas music, Freddie Fender. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing vinyl nights, so I've been doing lots of like soul and funk, like Dyke and the Blazers, Archie Bell and the Drells, it's like funky shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boom Baptist, just bumping all these Boom Baptist tunes. 
I like I'll, I'll listen to more eloquent i gotta be honest <laughs> he's dope eloquent is so good man he has such a like classy style you know yeah yeah, yeah he is dope yeah uh, you got your- i'll tell y'all what i've been listening to now that i'm looking at a long ass list of shit um i've been listening to a lot of producers shocker <laughs> right the homie trox t-r-o-x he just moved to texas uh he's an Oregon head but he's done huge records with like boldy james and 50 cent and a bunch of cats and he's in san antonio and i really need to find a way to like get him integrated in texas because he's amazing t-r-o-x trox, okay any he i mean he does a lot of session work so like just find rappers for him um this dude cooking soul, who I think is a British, yeah, man. bro. His new record is like the features are crazy. Like Freddie uh, Gibbs is on there, like mm-hmm. Currency, um, really good record. He does a lot of like '80s sampling. Yeah, um, I, I've, I've jammed some of his his just straight instrumental beat tapes. It's he's so, such dope shit, bro. He's nasty. Um, I've like do a scary amount of stalking of alchemist everything alchemist does is like masterful like i just don't even know how he produces this shit anymore like i followed when mob deep was doing their shit i could like sort of (laughs) yeah i could reverse engineer like how he made mop uh of you know any of the classic joints but like with the new records i just don't get it like he's so (laughs) for real did you bump that new arm and hammer joint Bro, I listen to every, I'm telling you, I listen to every Alchemist joint and it just like, I'm just like, <laughs> after, because I'm like, I think I need to quit. Um, he does, right, he right. has any uh, like videos, uh, production videos too. Like, I'm sure you've tried to look at all of them, but the, when he, the ones he does, the sessions he does have, it's like when you're going real experimental, but it doesn't work out, it does work out for him. That's how I feel when I watch him. Like, he's doing some crazy shit that sounds like nonsense. Like, this is going to go somewhere. It never does, but it does for him. <laughs> On that level, he, you know, I, I follow producers so, like, closely. And him and, and this dude, Knowledge. Um, with an X? With the X. Knowledge with the X. They mm-hmm. both, like, get their hands on every sample before everybody else does. And it's frustrating to me. Like, I do a, I do a lot of digging. And mm-hmm. I always find out when I find this beautiful, you know, 80s boogie fucking gospel rare sample with this and that. It's like, oh, this was touched by both of them like 15 years before you. Um, <laughs> digging is like iconic level. And um, yeah, I, I really just idolize both those cats, man. Really alchemy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the other thing I want to say about that is he's such he's such a hermit alchemist that like all the producer nerds and I'm one of them, they'll get a screenshot of the crates and they'll see like <laughs> the yeah them. like blow it up and they'll blow it up and they'll be like what is this <laughs> <laughs> like 300 people and they're like i think it's this i think it's this no it's this like that's like such a like goat level thing to have happen and i mean there's, <laughs> there's people who fit in that conversation but like i've just been seeing it more and more lately and i'm like man just find your own records. Like you don't have to, you don't have to figure out what he's sampling. Like that does no service to you because you'll never flip yeah. it as well as Alchemist did. So right, you know. Anyway, I'm some people just got the sauce, man. <laughs> In them, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, anything else, guys? Reggie, when we going to get the record? Uh, <laughs> man, we almost made it a whole episode without mentioning it. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a work in progress. It exists, though. Ooh. It exists. Sooner than later. Yeah. I say that. Fair enough. We got to at least get a single. I know you got some features that you're just holding. You should just drop one of them, man. <laughs> I, I think I might just do that. I think I might there just it is. do that. There it is. I it's in stone. <laughs> there it's in stone. You said it on the podcast. You got to fucking do it. Man. I'm going to fucking chop that out right there and fucking make an audio loop and post it on Facebook. We're just going to bully Reggie till he drops the project. <laughs> That's, That's actually the point of you ain't heard of those podcasts. That's the <laughs> That's the whole Back end of it. Yeah. <laughs> do it. That's do funny. it. Do it. Now, Randy. Do it. Yeah. No, nah, it's, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I promise. Let me know how I can help, homie. Anything you need. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. That's a good look. That's a good look. But yeah, if y'all need me, man, I'll let me. I'll come through. You know what So where can people find y'all at? Ben. So, yeah, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, in my house, 78723, Austin, Texas. Uh -oh. <laughs> Don't give out your address, sir. Uh, yeah, yeah, Ben Buck Beatbox on all platforms. Ben Buck Beatbox, okay. Cool, yeah. cool. Boom Baptist everywhere, boombaptist.com, hit me. Yeah. Come get this heat. <laughs> Oh, also, man. check me out at uh, Speaker Bump Presents. That's for the uh, cassette tape label. Okay. Speaker Bump Presents. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Shaq? Orlando Magic. He's going to miss. <laughs> He's going to miss. <laughs> oh. I'm an adult. Woo. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> All right, y'all. Appreciate it. Yes, Thanks sir. Appreciate you. Time out your day. Peace. Peace. No, you hang up.